0: Skulls from VH1's Rock of Love. And this is Talk of Love, the new podcast. This isn't just reality, this is real life. Hey everyone, it's Lacey motherfucking Skulls. And this is Talk of Love episode 56. So today I want to talk about the violence that has been taking place in our society against Asians. Um, Just to give you guys a heads up, this episode is actually being filmed a week and a half before you guys are watching it. But right now, that sort of has been what people have been talking about in the news. And I know this is a problem that has been going on for a while, but it seems to have been particularly worse over the last couple of months. And uh, I actually read something from the ACLU, which is the American Civil Liberties Union, and they were saying that the violence against Asians has gone up, something insane like a thousand percent. And it's it's really, really heartbreaking. And um, you know, this seems to be stemming from the um the narrative and the rhetoric that has been taking place for the past year, which is about the coronavirus, and it's sometimes by certain people, had been referred to as the China virus. And this is a really good example, of the fact that um words are not just words. Words can be hurtful, but they can actually be much more than that. If you really drill in a false narrative, that can lead to violence. And this is a clear example of that. The fact that people are blaming Asians generally, for an epidemic that is happening that has absolutely nothing to do with them. Um, You know, diseases happen, the viruses happen, bacteria happens. That is part of our biology on planet Earth. It doesn't mean it's anybody's fault. It just happens. And the fact that this is stemming from China, not only should it not be blamed on, on Asian Americans, but it shouldn't be blamed on Chinese people either and it's it's really disturbing that um that this is happening that innocent people that are just walking down the street minding their own business are being punched are being shoved are being uh brutalized and it's it's really bizarre to me that that's where people go sometimes. You know, really what this reminds me of is back um, in 9-11, back in 2001, after the the trade towers in New York City were hit with planes. um, And then it was determined that the terrorists who were on those planes, who hijacked them, were from the Middle East. Specifically, I believe, if my memory serves me correctly, they were from Saudi Arabia and Afghanistan. But after that happened, suddenly the violence against brown-skinned people was going up as well. And people were being attacked if they were from the Middle East. People were being attacked if they looked like they were from the Middle East. But I remember even stories about like people from India were being attacked. or And also when I say from, I mean, that that could be like their ancestors were from there. They may be Americans, but maybe their ancestors are from India. I've heard about people from, um, you know, uh, who were Hispanic that were being attacked. I mean, just like everybody was being attacked. And it was just mind-blowing to me back then. It's, it's mind-blowing to me now, You know, just because you are from a certain area of the world or because your parents or grandparents are from a certain area of the world doesn't mean that you are now that. Like these people who were, were from Middle Eastern heritage, they're not terrorists. They don't support terrorists, but suddenly they're being attacked as if they were. And the one thing that people need to recognize and remember is when you are assigning blame Blame the person who did it. Don't blame the group. It is not the group that committed the the crime or caused the issue. It is the individual. But back to the uh, the increase in violence against Asians, it's not even a an individual. It's it's a virus that just naturally occurs in nature. I mean, it's just so crazy to me that that is that's even happening. You know, um, China is a complex country with a complex. Culture and uh, you know one of my um, my first boyfriends um, this guy named Chris who I was with for a very long time in my twenties uh, he is he's a white guy he has white parents um, and he actually his dad was doing work in Hong Kong when he was a child so he actually lived in Hong Kong for many many years. And um as we know now, Hong Kong is now a part of China, but back then it wasn't, but um it was a very kind of westernized culture and Chris told me that when he was growing up there it was just it was really great people, really great food, and um you know they loved western music and and art and you know movies. so it's we have a lot of similarities with China Now, if we might have issues with something that they' that's going on there, it's most likely the government it's their their leadership that might be creating the problems. It's not the people. And in fact, one thing that made me really happy to hear as an animal rights activist, one, one issue that has been going on for a really long time that animal rights people have been fighting hard against is the dog meat trade, which is... Um, based out of Yulin, China. It's it's particularly barbaric. Some people will say, well, like, well, who are you to judge what kind of animals are eaten in other countries? Like in the United States, we eat, you know, cows. And in other countries, they, they think that's wrong. And, you know, just because we don't eat one kind of animal doesn't mean that another country can't eat it, you know, just because we don't. It's different cultures, different types of food. But the primary issue with the dog meat trade in China is um, the fact that the dogs are really, really brutalized. And I won't go into detail about it because it's really horrific shit, but just take my word for it. It is not humane. It's, It's horrific. So a lot of animal rights have been you know, people have been fighting this for a while. So then I hear people going, like, God, I hate, I hate China. China sucks. And I'm like, actually, you can't blame all of China just for that. And I will tell you that there is a huge animal rights movement in China of Chinese people. And in fact, specific to the Yulin dog meat trade, there was a huge protest that people in China organized, and I think it was like 100,000 people strong or something something major. So there are tons of activists in, in China. There are tons of good people there. There are tons of people there that have the exact same values as you and I do. Um, as I said, things are a little complicated in their country just because of their... Government specifically has nothing to do with the people there. But there's, a, you know, the bottom line is there's a great people in China and there are great Asian people here in this country as well. So the fact that people are being targeted and are being blamed for a virus that had nothing to do with them and are being... Um, having violence committed against them is just really heartbreaking. So the only thing I can say to you you guys who are listening, who are watching this, is if you know somebody in the Asian community, it might be a good idea just to reach out to them and ask them how they're doing, ask them how they're feeling, because my understanding right now is there is a lot of anxiety going on within the Asian community. So just reach out to, to your friends, reach out to the people that you know, ask them you know, if they need any kind of help. A lot of communities in this country have been organizing walks. So like if, um, somebody has to walk from point A to point B, they basically give them an escort to make sure that they're safe. Um, so, you know, ask people, because the thing is, sometimes people don't want to say when they need help. Sometimes people don't want to admit that they have anxiety or maybe they feel um, fear if they have to walk to the bus stop or whatever, and they would like to have an escort, but they don't want to make you feel like they're they're being burdensome on you. They don't want to, you know, make things, um, uh, they don't want to put you out. So they may not ask you. So it would be good for all of us to ask the people that we care about. Hey, are you safe? Hey, would you like me to walk with you? Hey, are you doing okay? How are you holding up? Are you feeling anxiety? So just, just reach out to people. Make sure they're doing okay. Check on them, and um, I think that they will really appreciate you for that. And hopefully, we will get past all this bullshit because you know, being violent towards people is is never going to solve anything. Especially in this context, it's so ridiculous. You can't blame an entire group of people for some shit that is bothersome to you it's 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 wrong it's disgusting and and I would like to think that our society is better than that so anyway that's uh that's all I have to say about that um now to shift gears I am really excited because this girl that I'm about to bring onto the podcast she was one of my favorites on flavor of love season three please welcome hot lanta hey girl how are you I'm great. How's it going? It's going good. You look fantastic. You do too. Oh, thank you so much. Yes. So, um, I'm excited to to bring you on. I I gotta say, you were definitely one of my favorites. But I think you were one of everybody's favorites from from Flavor of Love three. You were just you were so uh-huh. like, fun and funny. But I also feel like you were really kind of like. Dragged through the ringer. I mean, I feel like oh. they were particularly tough on you. Did you watch the show back? I watched it
1: the first time it aired. So, just like everybody else saw it for the first time, I watched it for the first time. The only difference was, you know, I, I loved it. So, I knew, you know, it really took place
0: kind of, you know. Well, before we really get into this, let me ask you what got you into reality television? Well,
1: I actually, I got into it not meaning to. I know that sounds crazy. I was in the um, music industry for years. Um, I did choreography for different artists. Oh, Um, cool. Yes, I did different A&R work as well. So I was already familiar with the industry. And then when You know, when it was like generic casting calls at the time, I was a single mom. I worked full time, and it was like quick, easy money. You go get your hair makeup done. You know, you get to walk around and get, you know, get make extra income. And so it was a hustle to me being in the industry. But when I went and got into reality TV, I wasn't casting for reality TV. It was just a generic casting in my situation. So it was like whoa, I didn't, I didn't think that was even possible for me to actually make it to that point, you know, Mm -hmm. of being on TV.
0: Were you just like, screw it, why not? Sounds like fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I was going through some changes in my life at that time. And I was, I was ready for change. And it was like, I was doing the same thing. And there were some things going on that I felt like, out of all these people that auditioned, I got chosen, you know? So it was to me, it was like there was a reasoning behind it. And so I said, you know, this is maybe this, this is that opportunity that I need to see what lies ahead. And I was like, Callie? Heck yeah, I love Callie. (laughs) Nice. Do you remember what your audition process was like? I do. um, It was a process. It was exactly that. There was a lot that took place prior. It was, I I went through an initial, the generic casting call, then there was like narrowed down and then I went to a private casting call. And then after the private casting call, they were like, hey, we're going to choose so many um, and then we'll call you if you're interested. And then they called and then there were some other things that I had to do to take place. And once they got, um, you know, that part of the, Audition
0: or you know, process, I was headed to Cali. So that's awesome. Do you remember some of the questions they might have asked you? Um they asked me about music, you know, they asked me my input on music and I love
1: music. I you know, I love good music. I love all different kinds of music. Um, so with the work that I do, it was like, you know, okay, this is gonna be a better way for me to build my network as well in the industry and that's what I've you know, used to a foundation for, I guess you could say.
0: That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Um, so had you seen the first two seasons of Flavor of Love? I had not. Um, oh, I actually, wow. Then you're I was, going blind.
1: I was going blind into it. I didn't have cable. My kids were young. So we had like VHS tapes. And I was like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we watched the land before time. I worked so much, you know, to provide. And <laughs> I... I didn't have, I didn't watch TV enough. Oh, man. That I could really- see bits and pieces, but, you know, that era of reality TV, it wasn't like what it is now as far as with social media and things like that. Things we had, like, MySpace, I think it was back then, yeah, you know?
0: Yeah, MySpace. Yeah. Man, I that actually explains a lot. And I feel really sorry for you because I feel like you just got thrown into the deep end or like fed to the wolves. And, and, you know, if you're just going in like, oh, this should be fun. But and you know bite. what? I'll bite before I get bit. I'll tell you that. Throw me to the wolves. I'll come back leading the pack. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You I know, that. Yeah. I felt like you did a really good job um, keeping it together. And I really like uh, how you stood up for yourself in certain moments, which I'll get into later. But, um, did, did, what what were your expectations walking into the house? Ha- did you have any expectations? Like, what did you think it was gonna be like? I didn't know. I was like, you know, once you get in that position, I'm not a, I
1: don't like the drama. I'm a real peaceful person. You know, I like happiness and love and everybody get along. And so adjusting to a negative environment and in a negative environment where there's all these personalities clashing and all of this drama. You know, that was an adjustment. I wasn't I wasn't used to to that at all. Oh
0: wow. So did you know that the Bachelor was going to be Flavor Flav? I did right before
1: I got a plane ticket. Oh wow. Yeah. Right before we were told to bring a gift for an artist and it was a dating show. And my friend was like, I bet you it's that. And I'm like, what? What what is it? He's like, you better get on that plane and go and have a good time and enjoy. And then when I found out it was Flave, I was kind of excited because when I get in front of a crowd of people, when I would host like open mics and different events, I get nervous. I don't know why. I'm like, why? You know, so Flave, he could get out and he had a major impact on, you know, a lot of, you know, some of the music in the industry and in the game and, he could get out there with so much courage and just shut down like the streets of New York with no problem, just being like hype man. And I I felt like that would be, you know, really nice to meet someone in the industry like that. That's been through that part of the, you know, the industry.
0: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I actually, um, had just interviewed seasons last week and we were talking about Flavor Flav and, and I'm huge into music as well. And I was talking about how, how cool I thought it was for you girls because to me, Flavor Flav is super iconic. And I, I just, I loved, I right. mean, he's such a good hype man. So, um, right. I, I totally, totally get it. Um, one thing that, that some of the girls had figured out especially by the time it got to Flavor of Love 3 a lot of the girls had figured out okay well if he hasn't found love by season 1 and season 2 and same thing with me with Brett Michaels we're like is this just for a TV show is he is he really trying to find love or is this just all for for fun or whatever you know and so one thing some of the girls that I have spoken with that had a harder time were the ones who really genuinely fell for him and and Thought that there was a chance they could be with him, and they ended up heartbroken. Unfortunately, did you think that there was a possibility that you could fall in love with him, or did did you? Well, that's that me
1: um, putting him through that test. I think is what got me eliminated. (laughs) You know,
0: um,
1: I I believe whoever a you know woman has standing next to them has to be strong and has to stand up for your family and you stand up for your partner, and I. I, there was things like, I, with so much editing that takes place, like, I never said Flave was broke. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't say Flave's broke. I never said that. The girls were like, you just want Flave so he can support you and all your kids. I mean, some, you know, they were bringing my, my kids into it. When you bring someone's kids into it, it's a whole different ballgame. Oh, yeah.
0: You know? Yeah.
1: And, so, but since you wanna bring me in and yes, I'm a mother, I'm a mother before I'm anything, you know. But since you wanna bring it up, my man's gonna stand and if somebody puts their mouth, their name, my name speaking negative, is me as a mother, and you don't wanna stand up for me. It's not about, you know, like I, I told him. I told him it's not about if, you know, Atlanta is the one for you, you're not the one for Highland. I gotta have somebody that's gonna stand, you know, and stand up for our tribe. It's not not go with all the, you know, so I don't know. I was just ready at that point. I had, I had never been away from my family for so long. And so it was like really just taken. I was so relieved to get out of such a toxic environment with so much drama and just to get home to my family and my peace, like, you know, but I never said that he, like I said, I never said he was broke. I said he has children he has to support before he worries about supporting me. I support, I can support mine, you know, I don't need somebody to take care of me. And it wasn't his house. Everything was in German. You know, he didn't even know where the bathroom was. (laughs) Like, I wasn't, you know, it was like everything they took. It was like they tried to flip so hard. (laughs) Well, I mean, Um, you are
0: right in the fact that it it wasn't. His house, just as much as the Rock of Love house, was not Brett Michaels' house. Right. Was, so you were you were not wrong in that. And to be honest, I, they were saying I wanted the house for my kids and stuff. And I'm like, wait, this ain't even
1: his. This ain't even his crib. Y'all think it is, you know? But they you know, I mean, you know how it is being in a competition like that and being in those surroundings where there's so much going on. It's just, you're peaceful like me, you know, you can tell you have a peaceful heart and Sometimes. stuff, <laughs> but you don't take no, you don't take nothing from nobody. Yeah. Like you're, We're not supposed to, we stand up for ourselves, you know, it's
0: honor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I will say, you know, I I definitely played the villain on my show, but there were certain places that even I wouldn't go. I would never go after someone's ability to be a mom. I wouldn't go after their kids. I wouldn't go after their family. So even though I was pretty vicious on my show, to me there was still there were still boundaries that I wouldn't go outside of. And right. even on um, Charm School with Monique. Layleen, you know, one of the, the most infamous um, moments was when um, Layleen was being uh, bashed, I think it was by um, Boots, about, you know, being a mob. And she was really devastated, really upset by that. I mean, that is very, very normal for any woman who is a mother. If you start attacking her abilities as being a mom, I mean, that's right. hitting below the belt. Layleen was very upset about it and and rightfully you should have been too. And I thought what was, what was fucked up, with your season in regards to you is I felt like a lot of your very, very personal stuff outside of the show got dragged in. It's one thing to try to knock off the competition by like what you see on the surface or what little bit you get to know about them there in the show. But they were going after like your your family life and your home life and then that phone, infamous phone call. Um, let's get into the phone call because that was, that was pretty okay. awful too. Because I know everybody who watches this podcast knows that all of the phone calls are recorded and could be potentially aired. So when you got that phone call, first of all, was that a family member who called you? Um,
1: In regards to what I was going through with my home at the time? Right. Yes, um, it was, and it was family that called me, but I was like I said at that time. I was actually getting out of a um, situation, a domestic violence situation. I'm a domestic violence oh, survivor. I'm so sorry so knew that. I was I was ready to leave things behind when I I stopped a career. Um, I was I had been in a place you know for eight years, but I had chose to leave a situation. And when I left the situation, I did not have there's not resources that was available to me. So I saw the reality of what it's like for women. And there's, you know, domestic violence goes both ways. You know, there's men being abused, believe it or not, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But I saw the lack of resources that was available. And um, so I was ready to move. I was, I, and I was going through a process, how I make my moves and what I chose to do. It's one thing when you're renting, someone can take care of, you know, take it from you. You have to have, you have to have ownership and, you know, it's a process of my life. If I've got stuff like this, but they didn't show me on the phone with a real estate agent. They didn't show me on the phone with a broker. They didn't show that part. You know, um, I can handle business anywhere, but how I handle my business and how I make my moves is, and they were assuming. They didn't know what was going on, you know?
0: Right, yeah. And I will say, you know, the editor's, of those shows a lot of times they are hilarious like the music they put you know in there or you know the way they edit things a lot of times is really funny really entertaining but a lot of times the way they the way that they edit things is is pretty vicious as well and um like even they on that with me with the wine right it's like oh, let me explain the wine thing okay okay <laughs> Okay, so all
1: they had in the house to drink was liquor. Oh
0: yeah, yeah.
1: And I'm like, if I drink liquor and I'm around people talking about my kids, I'm liable to step out of my character. And I didn't want to do that because at the end of the day, my I knew my kids children were going to be old enough one day to go and flip on the TV screen and see mom and how she. You know, like I, I was thinking ahead like that. But we had to anything outside of the house that we purchased. We had to. Um, anything outside the house that we purchased, we had to, we paid for So I paid for that wine bottle. And the first time, like I can drink wine and be smooth and just be like, you know, like that's going to mellow me out to where I'm like, y'all chicks are crazy. I'm minding my own business, (laughs) you know, um, not the liquor. It was like, you know, but I, um, I had that bottle and that bottle, they would take the bottle lasting of two weeks and make it seem like I had just been drinking, 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 you know, drinking. And But those that know me and know around me, like, you know, they know me, so they know the truth. But that was hard. You get a lot of negative backlash from, you know, a lot of people because the editing, like you said, there's so much editing that takes place that gives People an unrealistic view sometimes of what's really taken place, Absolutely. and I found myself in a lot of that situation. Like I won a freestyle battle; they didn't even show that. I'm like, yeah, you know, oh, they didn't really? even, And I, yes, oh, yes, man. and they didn't even show that, you know. So,
0: yeah, it they was- like to <laughs> include all like the negative stuff and then exclude some right. of the stuff that might make you look better or redeem right. yourself. So, the, so you're saying that with the phone call, you were having the. um the, the moment in your life where you're ready to make some changes I and mean, then you're dealing with this eviction stuff and some. But they're some- like, you, you're
1: getting served with papers. I was ready to go anyway. So I was like, okay, we got to get movers. I had movers come. I had movers, you know, because I knew too, when I got back, I knew my life was going to change to an extent. So I, I was going through a process. I was going through a change. I was going through a transition and, you know, it was people got bits and pieces of it, but they didn't get all of it as far as, but what
0: was really going on. So you got it all worked out?
1: Yeah, it was worked out by the time I got
0: home. Okay. <laughs> you know, well, that's so, good. That's good. And yeah. so then everybody wants to know who is Jerry? <laughs> um,
1: yeah, that's who I ended up um that's who I ended up being on TMZ and the media
0: and stuff about as far as with um He was the, know, the father my- of one of your children? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. And which we'll, we'll, I want to say the TMZ stuff because they're a bunch of motherfuckers. <laughs> so I'll, I will, we will get yeah. into that. But, um, okay. So he was, okay. So, so he, you were hoping that maybe he could give you some of the money that maybe he owed you or something like that to try to help out with the situation.
1: He has, when you're a father, you have responsibilities. Of course. Of course. And, you know, if I'm handling home and I'm handling everything else, if your child needs something, regardless of, you know, if it's Joe, whoever, you have responsibilities as a parent. I shouldn't even been having to say anything as far as what someone should do when it comes to parenting. Um, Just a lot of parents don't, you know, but I'm a real person. I have, you know, we have have things that take place, but yeah. I
0: am so sorry that all of that ended up on national television. Like that really, my heart just went out to you when that popped up because like man like of all times to have to deal with some personal shit it just so happens to take place while you're on a TV show where you're going to be exploited for any little thing like that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean it was just like one thing after another with me. But one thing I've I've learned and I you know I teach my my family is that when you shine, when you have a bright light and you bring positive positivity to of room the dark the dim they want to dim that light they don't yeah. want you to shine and they do it by attacking you with negativity so you know it's like they didn't really know like i'm really hot Lana, like i'm <laughs> you know i am straight i am an in you do not want to mess with me i, I was it. trying nicely but they wanted to they think i think two people think because you're quiet sometimes that you don't have no hands <laughs>
0: <I'm> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but at the same time, I have to lead by example, you know? So I had to, that's why I was, I was ready to go. Yeah. It was an experience and it, um, I got to meet Flave and- You got to go skydiving.
0: That was one I got to go, to, skydiving. That got to go my, skydiving. That was really cool. And, you know, you were saying like, oh, I'm scared of heights. And I'm like, I actually am scared of heights too. So I'm the fact so that you, you did it, you went through it. How terrifying was that for you? That was so scary. Oh my gosh. That
1: was, that. I don't think I, I think my heart stopped. <laughs> yeah. Are you glad you did it? That like once you were out of the plane, were you able yes, to like Yes, I, I was- won't do it again. I won't do it again though. No. I feel like I did it one time, two times might be pushing my luck. <laughs> it is not meant for me to jump out of a plane, but it was nice it was beautiful seeing the
0: earth that, you know, being in the clouds like that. That was a beautiful thing. Yes. That's so cool. Yeah. I was really, really impressed that you actually like went through with that. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, I think all of us watching were also particularly horrified with the um, with the roast. And, you know, I think there was probably some jealousy going on with the other girls as well because people were like attacking your looks and stuff like that. And obviously you're a very pretty girl. And a lot of the um, comments um, on my Instagram page, were like she was so beautiful. She is so beautiful. And those oh, girls are yeah. hair. But um, ha- let me ask you this. Had you seen a roast before? Was this a situation again where you were like going in blind? Or had you have you experienced like watching from a fan perspective? Have you seen the roast before? Like Comedy Central or anything like that?
1: not on Comedy Central, but in Atlanta, we had the Uptown Comedy Club, and we, like, I went a couple times, but I don't like people talking about people, it just, I don't know, it's like, I don't find humor in saying things that aren't kind, you know, um, not experiencing it like that. I've been to comedian, you know, comedy shows. I love comedy. I love good comedy. Um, but when you're, it's like attacking a roast, it's like you're attacking someone. It's like, what the heck? You know, hey, whatever. <laughs> yeah.
0: And they were getting like just vicious and mean. And, and I felt like they were just looking for any little thing. And the fact that you had um, a pimple. And they were trying to do like the whole herpes thing. I mean, one thing I brought up on this podcast many, many times is it was really funny because all of us girls, particularly I feel like the Rock of Love Girls got it worse than the Flavor of Love Girls as far as like, those are just sluts and whores. And we were all you know, told a million times that we were like carriers of STDs. And I'm like, actually, (laughs) we were all tested.
1: (laughs) We were all tested, same here.
0: We were all tested
1: before I got a plane ticket because of liability for production company anybody that knows the film but they do that for ratings but you know it's like there's certain things I, but it just gave me the insight on what is actually done on television for ratings whether it's now like people do it now through social media they'll do anything for for views on social media back then it was like you know to be continued. And I'm like, it's a freaking pimple. I don't even like wearing makeup unless I have to go somewhere, or do something like, you know, and you got all this heavy makeup on me. I have sensitive skin, you know, I'm 40 and I still get pimples, what, what's up? Yeah, you know?
0: That's called being a human being. Well, when the when the twins were going after you, going like, what's the thing on your lip? Does she have herpes? And you're in the chair at the comedy club, what, what was going through your mind? Were you like, is this happening right now? I'm like, I know y'all just got tested too, but it was just
1: seeing the, how, like you said, low below the belt, people will try to go to make, to break people. And they didn't realize like that, and no matter how hard they tried, they didn't break me. You know, I stood up for myself and, you know, I'm, but I'm not going to entertain I'm not going to entertain it. And when we're in a situation like that where you have to come back with something because it's part of everything that's going on, that was really difficult for me. Me jumping off the plane. I mean, it was like back to back to back. I'm like,
0: oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was crazy the stuff that um that all of you girls went through, but really you specifically. And I thought there was there were so many moments where I really thought that you handled it with with grace, you know, because they all were right. really, really going after you hard. Um, we have a couple of fan questions that I want to pull up real quick. Okay. Um let's see here. Um, oh yeah. Okay, so uh, Mariana Del Rey on YouTube. She says, uh, when things were going down at at your home, and I'm assuming she means uh, the phone call that you got, she said, it seemed like you wanted to leave at some point. And did the producers push you to stay? Did you have a moment where you're just like, this is too much? Or were you dedicated to like staying in the competition as long as you could?
1: Um, I was actually with paperwork. I was on a deadline. And when you're in a house, it was like, I was ready to be able to take the next step on the business, handling the business I needed to handle. I found ways around it. No, they never pressured me to stay. Um, And that was actually, you see things going on. And sometimes it was a different timeline than what people really thought,
0: you know? So, So but no, it was never. So there wasn't a point where you were like, where you were wanting to go home. That's good. At the very
1: end. Once they started talking about my
0: children and I
1: saw that he didn't care about having somebody that's loyal or anything like that, you know, by him, I realized it's just a game and I don't have time for it. I'd rather be home with my family. And when I get mad, I cry. That's why in the end I was crying because I was just like, I wasn't mad, but I was just so relieved, yeah. you know, um, and to get home. But, you know, I, you go harder, you go home. But at the same time, I'm going to stand up for you know, myself, and I have to draw the line at some point.
0: I thought you were you were one of the few girls, I would say you and Jess from Rock of Love season one were like the two girls that stood up to um, Flav or Brett in a really sincere way. Uh, it wasn't shitty, and I totally understood where you were coming from because when— I guess the challenge was was the wedding challenge, and um, and you guys you were doing your vows and all that. And when, as you said, they were attacking you and attacking like your motherhood and your family and that sort of thing. And uh, and Flay was just like, wow. And and I totally get it because I would imagine you're like, okay, if you're going after someone's kids or going after their ability to be a parent. You're going too far, but but that was specifically the moment that you were disappointed with him, right? That, that was the moment I was like, he's lucky he didn't get these <laughs> No, I'm not going to say that. Um, he was
1: lucky, like, the ATL in me didn't come completely out. I had to just let him know, like, this ain't about if I'm the one for you, because I don't want you if you're not going to stand up for me as a mother. You know, I don't care who it is, but they have to say, you can call me all these names because you don't know me. Right. You don't know me. But when you bring my children, you bring me as a mother into it and you want to be my man and not say say nothing and not stand up or say, Hey, you you've gone too far. You're crossing you're playing a different ballgame now. Right. You know? Yeah, hitting below the belt.
0: Yeah, but I thought the way you stood up for yourself, I thought you were very direct and very honest, but I thought you were still respectful. I like I thought you handled it in a really good way, in the best way that you possibly could have.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah, I tried. <laughs> I tried, yeah. you know, because at the end of the day, it's like, you know, some people, they just don't know. Maybe he can, you know, I, mean, I thought to myself too, like I had to say something because that make me less of a woman not saying nothing. You know, yeah, you have to learn like you, you need to like, when someone's attacking someone's family like that, a chief stands for their child. They don't, bow down to an enemy or laugh with the enemy. If you're gonna you know, slither with the snakes, you're a snake too, you <laughs> yeah. know, and I don't want it. <laughs> go, you all go be happy, yeah, go be happy, I you know? I totally get
0: it, I totally get it. And um, uh, one thing that a couple of the girls have mentioned now that I just find to be mind blowing is that apparently the whole time on season three, slave had the mother of his kids staying there at the house did you know that she was there um I know we filmed
1: Monday through Friday and the weekends was his time and I would hear hear, but I we would never see I was never like that (laughs) I was you know I was in a different area (laughs) um but I never saw her in the house. I saw her at the reunion. So
0: he, so she, so sorry, Flav was not even there on the weekends at all?
1: We didn't see him a lot, but I don't know if he was on on, on premises or not filming.
0: You know, I, oh. I'm not sure. Huh, oh, that's interesting. Okay, so um, how involved were the producers from your perspective? Like, did you see them? A lot. I know some of the girls have said like every once in a while, the producers would jump out and grab them and say, oh, so-and-so is talking about you or you should say this or you should do that. Did you notice a lot of the producer involvement? Um, I was never influenced
1: by production. The only time really that I had anything with production was when I was jumping out the plane. Um, I hadn't. I requested in writing and witnesses that if anything happened to me, the production company would take care of my children. Oh, I was worried. I was man. scared. You know, I was so jumping out of a plane as a mom. Like that's not something you know. No, you don't play with something like that. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that's the. But production was always nice to me. There was so much stuff that went on, but a lot of it that went on and a lot of the drama was because of the the energy that each person had and the energy is just not clashing.
0: (laughs) It seems like, yeah, it seems like um, sincere was one of the most intense girls on the entire show. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yeah. So was there, was there much that happened that we didn't see that maybe the editing changed the way that it came across or maybe the
1: editing left out there's so much editing that takes place and that's why you know you a lot of the people getting into reality tv or getting into modeling or acting or different contracts with people you don't realize what you sign up for you have to read what you sign up for what you sign up for consists of them being able to do that than being able to make you look like however they want you to look and put you through whatever. And a lot of people don't realize what they're signing up for. I was one, you know, but you live and you learn. And I definitely <laughs> learned a lot um, you know, from that.
0: Yeah, I man, as I said at the beginning of this, I feel like you sort of got thrown into um the deep end. Was there was there moments of the show that um that were particularly fun for you? Like, oh, I really like was there people that you particularly enjoyed? I know most of the girls were just like really difficult to deal with, but were there was there a girl that you were like, okay, she's cool. Like like buns, did you have a friendship? With buns and ice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ice was I didn't great.
1: really have that's the thing. I really didn't have any beef with nobody. I don't beef, you know like <laughs> we have problems, you can we can speak, you know, but I I Got a lot of it, um, but ice and buns were really the ones that were like, yeah, we're cool. You know, we we were um, we had a lot of the same as far as just being humble and like it, like to just enjoy life and not do the whole drama thing. We we were like
0: close there. Yeah, yeah, yeah I totally get it. Um, when you were talking to Tree. And then they were basically accusing you of, of being there for Flav's money, being a gold digger. What I got out of that whole moment when you were saying, you know, this isn't even his house, I, I thought that you were trying to prove that you weren't after his money. It wasn't that you were trying to put him down, right. but you were trying to prove that you weren't after his money. So right. When you were in the bedroom with, with Flav and you were trying to um, tell him this, I— In the moment, did you feel like he understood where you're coming from? Like, I I felt like there was a misunderstanding there, which then ultimately led to you being thrown out of the house. But do you think that you just weren't able to make him understand this isn't me insulting you, this is me defending myself against accusations of being a gold digger? I explained to him,
1: like, I don't have to dig for nothing. I I get my own. I'm not a gold digger. I'm a go-getter. There's a difference. But But if
0: you want to believe that, you believe it. Do you, you know, he, I mean, that's the choice. But that's why, for, to your understanding, that's why he, because well, here's the other thing that was weird. He had the clock for you, but then he was like, kind of like teased you in a cruel way, like, here's your clock, but I'm not going to give it to you. Like, why Why even do that from your understanding?
1: I don't know. I just looked at it like, you know what? I'm the only one in history that's ever gone home with their clock. I think that's not too
0: well. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get to keep the clock? I have my clock. Oh, my God. That's cool. Yes. I like that. Yeah. That's awesome. And then yeah. how pissed were you at Tree? Like, uh, And also, when you were saying it, were you like, oh, ma- shit, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Like, of course, she's going to go say something to him or? Well, my thing is communicate. We're
1: trying to be, we're, it's a dating show. You have to communicate with the other person. If you've got a question or somebody comes to you and says, oh, Helena said this, step to me. Why are you afraid to step to me? Step to me and say, did you say this? And I had to come to him and say, look, all this stuff that's coming back to you, this is how it took place. You can either believe me or you cannot believe me. I have no reason to lie. But if you want to believe them, so be it. You know, deceit can't be, you know, nothing positive is going to be built on deceit. And if they'll be deceitful to me, they'll eventually be deceitful to him. He would have learned, you know?
0: Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. And then at the reunion show, um, was there, were there things that took place at the reunion show that we didn't see or did they edit it pretty much how it went? Um, there
1: was a lot that took place that was not seen. Um, I was asked, I can't even remember the exact question, but I was asked what my life's been like since, you know, being on the show. And I spoke the truth. <laughs> I told him, you know, um, And they didn't, I I don't think they necessarily agreed with what I spoke on. And, you know, I lost my privacy. That was one of the biggest things that took place. And that takes place, you know, you know, you know how that feels to lose your privacy and to see the lack of support um, and just to see how everything went and took place. I was just, I was ready to do, you know, be there and be present but I was not even wanting to entertain the drama anymore. Yeah. Like when
0: I at that house, I felt like I was done with all of that, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I totally get it. I totally get it. Um, did you, are you sorry that you did the show? Like if you had the opportunity to, to have a do-over, would you, would you do the show again? Or maybe would you do it differently or would you not do it at all?
1: I would have um, had two entertainment attorneys read over contracts instead of one. <laughs> I would have done that different. Um, but I would have also, I don't, I, I don't have any regrets. You know, you live and you learn and you get it. You know, it's what you comes from experiences and what you learn from experiences that makes you greater for the next experience that comes. Um, I would have definitely, I was not prepared, like I said, for the the what it's like being outside after you've been on t v mm-hmm. and not realizing like I go to the grocery store, I'm dealing with stalkers like people were using social media as a form of ooh, I want followers, and I'm like, I don't need followers, I have stalkers like this is weird stuff going on like the the fame and all that it wasn't you know, I feel like I have fame in my heart and in my spirit, and that's all I need, you know, but I when like people that are obsessed with you and are, they, you know, I had hate that come my, that came my way for no reason. But just because people, you know, you, you attract so much. But at the same time, I was in a situation where I was going to the youth. I was talking to the youth about me being a runaway, me being a troubled youth and these kids would listen to me. So that's where I found my passion with turning that negative with the fame into something positive because these kids wouldn't listen to their mom, but they'd listen to Hotlanta because Hotlanta's been on TV. Oh, wow. But now realizing like Hotlanta's really a mom before she's Hotlanta. So being able to make a positive impact on the kids and be an inspiration to them, um, you know, I enjoy that. So as was it like, as- a,
0: like a mentorship kind of program? or well, I just- I do different things for the youth I mean
1: we do um anti-violence you know different events and we've been doing it for years but it was different I would go to the schools as an, you know and do an appearance and the kids would come talk and you know it's it's I don't look at myself as famous you know I just I do but I don't I have I do because I have to but at the end of the day I'm just me right
0: you know
1: I I'm I'm me I'm you know like I said I feel like I'm Famous in heart and spirit. (laughs) Um, But seeing the kids and seeing the reaction of people, and I'm sure, I know you go through this too. It's like, that's when it hits home. Like I really did some things, you know, I've really made some moves to get me to this point. Um, But even now it's not, we're still, we're still going down this journey. It's been an experience learning from, you know, how, what now not to do. You know, I had a lot of opportunity that came to me even after the show and will you do this and will you do that? And I turned down a lot of things because what's that
0: saying? Um, fool me once. What is it? What, yeah, you know? fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. yeah. So yeah. Um, wow. So how okay, let's get into because I know I talked to you on the phone about this the other day and you gave me Permission to bring this up. Um, (laughs) I want to give you an opportunity to clear the air about some of your legal issues. And I want to preface this by saying um, I want to bring up uh, who who is on I Love Money. His real name is Jamal True Love. And he was falsely accused of murder and was put in prison for six years. It turned out that he didn't do it. Finally, there was an attorney that, that was able to bring real, actual proof and got him out. I think he had a life sentence or something like horrible. Got him out of prison. um, And then he ended up, because he was falsely accused and falsely incarcerated, he was uh, able to sue the city of San Francisco and he won $10 million or something like that. Yes, the, yeah, yeah, amazing. Yeah. These kinds of stories happen a lot. And um, one of these days, I'm going to do a whole expose on the criminal justice system because there's some fucked up shit that I think a lot of people don't know about. But a lot of people end up like accidentally somehow getting caught up in the legal system. And then you just get fucked on every level. And you kind of had some experience with this, right?
1: Right. Um. As... On the show, when people brought up who that person was, um, I, like I said, I had left a a situation that was not positive for me and my children, and I chose to move on. But I believe in co-parenting. I believe in being able to peacefully co-parent. So I was making an attempt to do so, and in return, um, an assault was taking place towards my family and it was towards
0: your mom. Right? He he, he can't So it was yeah. the father of your child came over to your house, assaulted your mom. Is that correct?
1: That not over to my house. We were doing an exchange um, for my son at his family's property. Okay. Um, and my mom had permission to come in and she my she was getting my son's shoes and I was actually in the vehicle. And, you know, because if you don't, if, if two people can't get along, you do what's best for the child and not expose them to differences. So my mother, um, you know, being active, active grandparent, (laughs) um, you know, she had permission, she came aside, Hey, you know, how are you doing? They were talking about Falcons. She was talking about the Falcons with the Atlanta Falcons with the family. And next thing I know, I look up and my mom's in a headlock with my son in her arms. And I just reacted. It was like, Bobby Boucher on Waterboy, you know, like seriously, that's what came out from within because of seeing my family in danger like that.
0: I think any person in their right mind would have reacted seeing their loved one being attacked.
1: And so during that, um, my father broke us up, you know, got me (laughs) all of them, I messed up my cowboy boots. (laughs) (laughs) No, not the cowboy boots. I was so mad about my boots more than anything. But, I mean, you know, it was go, you know, leave. I'm like, okay, good. We go. We go spend our day, you know. And I get home later on that evening and I'm being, um, I I have the police at my door. I have law enforcement at who, my door. Who
0: called the police? Was it Was it the father of your child yes. that called? He called the police?
1: Yes. Wow. The police showed up. Um, I was arrested as well as my mother without being questioned as far as what took place. Oh my God. Um, because my mother was, um, she was by my my place. And um, so she had came over and when she got there I was already in handcuffs and then they took both of us. Wow! So I've never been to jail. Uh, first time going to jail was with me. That was so, <laughs> that was awful. Um, and then, so going through that, being, you know I bonded right yeah. out. And then we bonded out. And then I get home. I was totally sleep because I, I was like, I, I don't sleep in jail. I sleep with when I open. But I just wanted to sleep in my bed. And I woke up and I had like twenty something missed calls from one of my agents in uh, North Carolina. And he was like, "What did you do? What happened?" And I'm like, "What are you talking about? Nobody had known anything." I'm t- turning on the news station, and they're saying you know, my name and child abuse, child abuser. And I was like, wow, you know, like I was actually defending my family, you know, but it was like, I thought it, it, I wasn't surprised though. That's the thing. It made me mad, but it didn't surprise me because of the lack of resources I had already went through years prior. So explain why, you
0: know? explain as far as the laws in, you're in Georgia, right? Right. Explain why they were trying to charge you with child abuse just for the people watching. This. Um, it was, I didn't get charged with
1: child abuse. The charges were two counts of simple battery with harm and cruelty to children in the third degree. So the media publishes that the news put, puts it all over the world. And then people hear that and they assumed it was child abuse. Mm-hmm. The reality and the truth of the situation was that my child witnessed me defending And being an empress of my tribe and you know, doing what I have to do to protect us. So the laws Um, are- If if it happened again, I would do the same thing. But the difference now is that I'm not giving somebody that opportunity to put me in that
0: situation. So the laws are that if your child witnesses violence, even if there's no violence directed at your child, if your child witnesses violence, then people can be charged with putting the child-
1: in in the third degree.
0: Wow. So did the
1: charges stick? No, I didn't even, I didn't even have to say anything in court. Um, actually the family, my son's father's side of the family, uh, got up there and was like, well, he had her in a headlock and she turned into the water boy, you know, (laughs) um, they, they actually spoke the truth, which was, um, I didn't have to speak, I didn't, you know, it confirms what I had said when I was finally, I was questioned
0: after I was bonded out. Where so did they do why, that? Why you know? would, when they're doing their investigation, why would they not talk to anybody that was involved or anybody that is a witness prior to arresting you? They didn't even
1: know when they were arresting me what my charges were.
0: Oh, wow, that's yeah. unbelievable. And what really sucks about the way our society is set up is if somebody is, is accused of a crime, if somebody is um, arrested, then that goes all over the press everywhere. And it's a, it's as if you already did it. And then even if the charges get dropped, I feel like the mugshot doesn't go away. Even if, if it's proven yeah. you didn't do this accusation of what you're accused of, you didn't do that. It, right. the press doesn't reflect that. So as far as it looks like you're a child abuser, you're whatever the crime is that, that one is, is um, accused of, <clears throat> it's really fucked up. People's mugshots are out there and it, it haunts you up forever. I mean, have you continuously had to address this with people?
1: I did. And I had even legally, um, I had my attorneys reach out to different you know, websites, different places, and I'm a public figure. So it shows that the, you know, Um, I feel like the only, what I can do is just keep doing what I'm doing and that's overshadowing eventually the positive will overshadow that negative, you know, um, it taught me a lot because even going through that, it taught me really who was on my team, you know, who was really there for me, who really cared for me because those who reached out, um, seeing people, you know, you can't help if you're on the news and you know your family's looking at things. Your children are looking at things and reading all these comments from people. Um, you know that's that was really. You learn how judgmental people can be without knowing facts, and you're innocent. You're guilty until proven innocent. And yes. Even when you're innocent and proven innocent, they still don't even post that. Yeah. And so, but that's why, like I said, we're, we're just, you know, overshadowing the negative. We've got, I've got some really great things that I'm working on and that I'm doing. And do you want to talk about yeah. that? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's hear it. So, um, we've got an upcoming uh, project and it's going to be, it's called um, Homesteading with Hot And over the last several years, I've started my own little homestead. And we're, you know, doing the whole farming and poultry business and livestock and just teaching uh, survival skills, teaching life skills and offering different services to, you know, private, but also to the public. Oh, cool. Uh, It's just the whole journey that we've gone through. I've also I'm doing a, a three series documentary. And it's going into, like, chronological order, basically, like, my testimony before TV, you know, the whole TV experience plus after TV. So, um, you know, it's a lot that's of great, awesome. things,
0: great I love things. documentaries, by the way. That's, like, yeah. my favorite kind of television to watch. I love documentaries. Me too. <laughs> yeah. That's so rad that you're doing that. When is that going to come out? Uh, we're looking at the end of the, the end, towards the end of the fall. Oh, that's exciting! Are you working with like a production company, or are you producing it yourself? Or
1: yeah, we're it's independent, but it's a production company here um, that I've chosen independently. I don't want to go through the mainstream, you know. I'm staying independent instead of going through, you know, certain certain steps.
0: Smart. We're keeping it in house, I guess you could say. Smart, smart. That's exciting. Yeah. That is so yeah. awesome. That's so awesome. And, yeah. um, so how is your, um, how is your, how is your family life now? Sounds like it's much better. Funny. I have, um, I am a grandmother at 2020. I became a grandmother twenty
1: Congratulations. <laughs> yes, I'm a DD. Um, I, ha- I do. It's, it's a totally different feeling having your children becoming parents, you know, it's a beautiful thing and just really, you know, let, let you see, okay, this is what it's about. It's about building that foundation for your grandchildren, your great grandchildren one day. Um, yeah, so that's awesome. uh, good. You know, just, we just hang out and enjoy time and, you know love each other and appreciate each other it's rough out here and Mm -hmm. just being supportive for everything you know with everybody I
0: love it do you talk to any of the girls from um from the show or have you heard from anybody or did you kind of just let that go I kind of just let it go
1: me and ice are friends on social media and I think seasons just requested me but um I don't know yeah I've not really kept, you know, I,
0: I does her funny videos. I, I love, love ice. ice. She's always like dancing I'm like, get it girl. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's great. I love her. Well, I really, I gotta say, I really, I love your attitude. I love your strength. It sounds like you have, um, have been through a lot and have, have still been able to thrive and and persevere. I wish that you had gotten to see Flavor of Love one and two so that you kind of knew what you were what you were in for. I think it would have been you would have had an easier time. But yeah. um have you seen season one or season two since then? No, you're just like, I'm done. I I don't <laughs> I don't blame you. Definitely. I don't blame you at all. But I I really admire your your strength and your your positive attitude and your ability to um, just keep on going and to to bring about positivity in spite of, you know, um, hurdles that you've had in life.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. But but tough times don't last, tough people do. You know, we have to have that. It needs to be, there's so much negativity going on right now. You know, it's good to have yourself surrounded with good people. And I I really appreciate, I just, I loved you too. I did watch Rock (laughs) and Love i did watch that was like i was i wouldn't watch any more of the other stuff but i admire you too and i think i'm so happy for you and you look great and well, i wish you, you you know so much success in the future and i'm so glad we've become
0: friends me too <laughs> we will definitely have to stay in touch and thank you so yeah. much for that if uh last question if um fans want to find you on social media are, are you staying private or are you putting your social media out there
1: Oh, no, my social media. Um, It's really just that um, on Instagram. It's I am hotlanta, I-A-M-H-O-T-L-A-N-T-A.
0: Awesome. Good deal. Well, it was such a pleasure meeting you. We definitely <laughs> need to stay in touch. I, I wish you all the best with everything. And I can't wait to get to watch your documentary. Yes, thank, thank you. Thank you. We'll be in touch. <laughs> Sounds good. Take care, girl. Bye. Later. All right, that was awesome. What a great interview. She's such a sweet girl. I really, I really respect her a lot. Uh, I want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in, for listening, for watching. And I want to give a shout out to the contributors once again. Thank you so much to all of you who've contributed, who are the ones that are making this podcast happen. If you are interested in watching some reaction videos with me, I have done reaction videos for the entire season of Rock of Love. Season 1, Rock of Love Season 2, Flavor of Love Season 1, and Charm School with Sharon Osbourne. I'm getting ready to do I Love Money. Um, They're a lot of fun. So if you're interested in getting the reaction videos sent to you, or if you're interested in becoming a contributor and seeing what kind of rewards are offered, all you got to do is go to my website, which is talkoflove.net, and check it out. You can see everything there um, on how to sign up. Thank you guys for watching. I really appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for your support, your kindness and uh, all of the wonderful comments that you leave. You guys are awesome. So I will see you next week. And in the meantime, take care of yourselves and don't threaten me with a good time. (laughs) Bye guys.